This is Reset. I'm Natalie Moore in for Sasha Ann Simons. Happy first day of school, CPS. Well, maybe not so much for some CPS parents. Today, thousands of students were left without public trans without transportation, excuse me, amid a nationwide bus driver shortage. And this isn't the first time this has happened. My daughter Sky has never had bus service from CPS. Some families are resorting to ride shares, the CTA, or driving kids themselves to make sure they are in class when that bell rings. We're here with WBEZ education reporter Nareda Moreno, who recently followed CPS parents as they worked to get their kids to class today. Hi, Nareda. Good morning. Also with us is CPS parent and local school council member at Inter-America, Maria Ugarte. Welcome to Reset, Maria. Hi, thank you. And we're also taking your calls. Did your child ride the bus this morning? If so, how did it go? If they didn't, tell us how they got to school. Give us a call at 866-915-WBEZ. That's 866-915-WBEZ. Maria, how did your daughter get to school today? I drove her to school today. There was no other option. (laughs) And how is she going to get back home? Uh, We are making arrangements if I cannot make get on time my husband will drive straight from work to pick her up thank god she's older enough to stay um you know hang around the school uh without supervision what grade is your daughter in seventh what was the biggest thing you were concerned about today um i have to be uh honest that i'm thankful that i have the resources to you know pick up my daughter and drop her off uh but i I am really uh worried about parents that cannot like uh, you mentioned before, I'm an LSC uh, member, and the reason I'm there because I want to help my community. I want to help my school. I want to help the kids. So I've been reaching out to the people that I know, offering them rides because I think I have a big car. I can actually have fit five kids in my car. So I already have three kids that are going to be dropped off by me by 5 in the morning so I can help them uh, at least take them to school. And then the mom will try to make it to school to pick them up because she starts at work at 6 in the morning. So there's no way she can, uh, you know, drive them to school. She doesn't have the resources either to, um, you know, pay for transportation, uh, private transportation. So, and I'm just, I already said I have two more spots. If you anybody needs it, I can, uh, you know, uh, take them to school. But uh, it's really upsetting the way that CPS treats us as parents. You know, most of the parents in CPS are low-income working families, and they just don't have the resources. And on top of that, they don't tell us until two weeks. Be- I mean, I found out because I called. Otherwise, I would have not known either. So it's just... It's a mess. Like today, I receive a, a, a tax that a mom is looking for uh, transportation for her kids uh, in the morning. She lives on diversity in Costner, she told me. And I says, let me see what I can find out what parents are driving from that area so you can, uh, you know, I can put them in contact to be able, to, you know, to go to school. And I already found out another kid just transferred because she did not have transportation and she had to go to uh, one of the neighborhood schools last minute. Wow, that's a that's a lot of coordination and service that yes. you are providing for your community. And that school is not inter-America, it's inter-American. Nareda, you originally re- reported about this last week. Tell us about the reasons for the shortage. 
Yeah, well, so the national bus driver shortage has been impacting Chicago families for the last few years, uh, but especially since kids came back from the, from remote learning in 2021. Uh, we know that bus drivers are typically retirees and that many of those people have not returned to driving since the pandemic. Uh, a lot of people lost their jobs and then took opportunities that were better paying and less stressful. Um, and one bus company told me that background checks have been a real issue when it comes to recruiting candidates. Uh, they'll get up to 2,000 applicants in any given season, and then that gets whittled down to like two to 300 people uh, that are able to accept those jobs. Can you talk more about how the background checks are a barrier to hiring? Yeah, so um, so per state law, CPS requires that bus drivers complete uh, fingerprint fingerprint-based background checks. Um, and so on top of the state's requirements, the district also has its own process to vet employees and contractors. And from what I heard from the bus companies was just that, you know, a lot of people have like decades old convictions that um, they haven't gotten, you know, cleared or, you know, that they, that the district would consider to be like an offense that's unhireable. So, um, you know, they just, they're out of luck. So there could be some more hirees if, if maybe they didn't do some of these background, I mean, of course, there's the safety issue, but of course, but some juvenile issues that go back decades. Yeah. Um, and I talked to like the Caprini Green Legal Aid Clinic, for example, and they were saying that there are ways uh, for candidates to sort of like to go back and clear some of those old convictions, um, but that they just have to sort of do that legwork themselves to get it cleared. So who qualifies for busing right now? So right now, the district is prioritizing students with disabilities and students uh, living in temporary situations. Um, so, you know, homeless students, um, because they're legally required to provide transportation for those students. Um, right now, it's kind of interesting because the district actually has more bus drivers now than it did this time last year. Uh, but a spokesperson said that its efforts to like cut down on route times has sort of just resulted in people, in less students, fewer students getting bus services this year. So about 7,000 kids have been routed so far. At uh, this time last year, that number was 15,000. What is CPS doing to address this? Well, the district has been holding job fairs to recruit more candidates. Um, last year, they authorized uh, a pay increase for bus drivers. It used to be that they would make 15 to $20 an hour. Uh, now they're making about 20 to $25 an hour, and that's on top of, you know, benefits and attendance uh, bonuses, sign-on, signing bonuses, retention bonuses, things like that. Um, and the district has also been trying to add alternative modes of transportation, like taxis and vans, uh, just to help deal with that driver shortage. Maria, did your daughter qualify for a stipend? Um, it, that was my impression until I called. <laughs> um, no, she doesn't anymore. She did. I don't know what happened, but she did uh, when they offered that last year or the year before uh, because of the shortage. But this year when I called, they told me she doesn't qualify, even though she does have an IEP. But this is the part that most parents um And an IEP is... Um... An individualized uh, education yes. plan for special ed students. Right. Uh, but my daughter, um, she doesn't have the part on the huge document that says transportation required. And that's something that most parents that do have IEPs for her kids, their kids, I'm sorry, uh, don't know. Uh, because they were telling me, no, you do qualify. I says, no, I don't qualify. <laughs> I already tried three times with CPS and they told me how to look for that information. And I did find that she does not qualify for either transportation or stipend. And also what is 
really strange to me is that they're offering, um, you know, CTA cards for first graders, like they can drive the bus on their own. So it makes no sense. Well, it's also supposed to be the parents get the the card too. Right. But like in... Like the th- the three kids that I'm gonna you know helping uh, take to school, uh, the parent cannot be there to you know to take the, the CTA and take them to school. So it doesn't. I don't know why CPS think that somebody will be available to drive uh, take those kids to school with public transportation. So <laughs> I this, don't know. This is reset. I'm Natalie Moore in for Sasha Ann Simons. Today is the first day of school for 320,000 public school students here in Chicago. And thousands of parents are scrambling to get their children to school without the buses they come to rely on. Here to discuss is WBEZ education reporter Nareda Moreno and CPS parent and local school council member at Inter-American Maria Ugarte. We're also taking your calls. Did your child ride the bus this morning and how did it go? If they didn't, tell us how they got to school. Give us a call at 866 866- 915-WBEZ. That's 866-915-WBEZ. Maria, how sustainable do you think driving your kid back and forth from school every day is? Um, that Wow, that's a good question that I have not thought about. It. <laughs> um, I'm planning on driving her the whole year, but I don't know if it's uh, you know, going to be something that uh, I'm going to be able to do the whole year. Like another mom told me, I'm going to try to do this, uh, but if I can't do it if with, you know, uh, a month or two months, I'm going to have to transfer my kids as well. So I think that's the sense that we all are, uh, we're hoping that the, the bus, you know, is going to come to a solution for these schools. And hopefully we don't have to drive our kids the whole year to school. You know, the, I know parents that are trying to, uh, change schedules to be able to drop them off. Uh, the other ones are trying to find friends to, uh, you know, to wait for them until they get to school. Another mom is going to make her kid wait until five o'clock until the the private transportation that they got for the kids could only make it until five o'clock. So, and I'm just wondering about the winter. You know, it's Chicago gets really bad with winter time. So, um, yeah. And also, when they talk about the uh, the STL students, uh, that's not also something that CPS is granting for those kids either. You have to be in a shelter to be able to, uh, um, you know, get bus services. Uh, and when I read the policy, because I said that cannot be possible, but when I read the policy, nowhere in the policy says shelter. So I don't know why CPS is like contradicting themselves with that uh, information. I have... I, I in contact with four uh, STLS in our school, and they have no idea how the kids are going to get to school. And I haven't been able to reach out to them to ask them how was the first day of school, but I will eventually because I've been in contact with principals, uh, uh, CPS, and this is a learning process for me. But I, I'm trying to do the best for those families because, like I said before, uh, our school is... Um, a year ago, two years ago, the principal gave us a report that 60% of our kids are bused to Inter-American. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, you know. I want to ask Nareda about, you know, what, to pick up on what you're talking about, what are you hearing from other working parents, Nareda, those families without cars? 
Yeah, I mean, I've been hearing, same as Maria, just that, you know, they're scrambling to sort of organize carpools. They're working with their employers to rearrange their work schedules so that they can use, you know, their lunchtime, for example, to go pick up their kids after school. Uh, one parent told me that they're planning to spend at least $15 a day on Uber rides from uptown, uptown to Rogers Park. Um, and that's sort of a best case scenario because we know that Uber rates sort of fluctuate throughout the day. Um, but yeah, people are just sort of doing their best at, you know, with very little notice to figure out what they're going to do. And how much is CPS giving out to families in exchange for no buses? Well, so CPS is giving students with special needs and kids who are um, unhoused uh, and who haven't been routed yet $25 a day. Uh, Those families can also opt in to receive a transportation stipend of up to $500 a month. Uh, We know that as of this point, I think 3,000 students have accepted that stipend instead of getting routed. Um, And then kids in selective enrollment and magnet programs um, will not have bus service uh, and can instead get those free Ventra cards that we've been referring to. uh, And those are valued at about $35 a month. Maria, lots of parents are concerned about their kids taking the CTA to get to school despite Ventra offering free rides. Is that something that you're hearing? Uh, you know what? I heard a, a family that is going to do it, but she doesn't know uh, how it's going to go. Myself, she, my daughter is 12. She she should be able to take the, the transportation, but there is no way she'll do it. I mean, I'd rather move her. Uh, you know, if I can't do it anymore or my husband can't, I have to uh, transfer her to a, to a school where um, either it's walkable or somebody else from my family can take um, pick her up. And drop her off. There's no way my daughter will go on CTA. No, another family. What, what, says, what is your daughter saying? She says, "Mom, so many kids are going on bus, and what's going to happen now? CPS sucks." <laughs> That's oh. what she says to me because she has friends on the bus, so they will chat. You know, it's a, it, like they were saying. It's true. It's an hour, an hour and a half ride. It used to be, uh, and they will be with her friends, and they will be okay with it. We as parents, we're not. Uh, but they were fine because they were with their friends. But um, and did did, yeah, she, did did you have this problem last year? No, I, my daughter has my daughter and my son have been driving, uh, taking the uh, a bus transportation for since they were in kindergarten, and this is the first time. First time, and like I said, with almost no notice. I mean, two weeks. They they have been having this issue since last year. So why were they not? Um, you know, proactive and letting the parents know that there is a 99% chance there were no bus for the kids. Is, so, is there anything else that you think the city or CPS should be doing that you didn't say already? Um, I We had a conversation with another mom, and I think it's because of um, life is so expensive right now that I think for more people to apply to these jobs, they should pay more. That 2025 doesn't make it for you know, to consider a job that is actually going to pay for your bills. So I think that's something that CPS should work on getting out, you know, um, to be able to hire more people because I think the pay is not, it's not something that, um, because they only work like two or three hours in the morning and two and three hours in the afternoon. So it's, and they cannot have another job on the side because of the schedule. Of the you know of the driving those buses, so I think they should work on, um, you know, um, raising those but those you know uh, hourly rates that they already have. 
That's Maria Ugarte, a CPS parent and local school council member at Inter-American, and Nareda Moreno, an education reporter for WBEZ. Thank you for joining. Thank you. This is Reset. I'm Natalie Moore in for Sasha and Simons. A nationwide bus driver shortage has been affecting CPS for a couple of years now, and this year there are added challenges. More than half of CPS driver positions remain vacant as the state's largest school district starts classes today. Out of 1,300 vacancies, only 681 are filled. They will provide service for the 17,000 students eligible for bus transportation. Other school districts around the country are delaying school start times. With us now is Hal Woods, Chief Policy Officer at Kids First Chicago, an organization that works to improve parents' involvement in their kids' education. Hal, welcome welcome to Reset. Thanks so much for having me. First, tell us more about the mission of Kids First. Uh, So Kids First Chicago, we are an education nonprofit, uh, an advocacy organization for mostly for parents uh, and caregivers. Uh, We primarily work with parents on the south and the west sides of the city. Uh, And our goal really is whether you're a parent, a single mom who might have three kids and you're working two jobs, whether you're a grandparent, um, a caretaker who might be able to have more capacity, we help parents effectuate the change they want to see for their child's education. When did you start noticing a downtick in bus drivers in Chicago? So I think transportation issues in Chicago uh, for, for yellow bus transportation has been an issue for a while, but certainly has been exacerbated by the pandemic. Uh, back in the 2021-2022 school year, when kids were coming back uh, post-COVID, um, we heard parents in our network receiving communications from CPS just days before school started that over 2,000 uh, parents were not going to receive or 2,000 students were not going to receive transportation going to that school year. At that time, parents were offered a stipend of about $1,000 uh, for parents to be able to use. That's now been cut to $500 for those stipends. Uh, we also heard last year, we heard parents, um, even though there was more students that were supported last year, about 15,000 students were actually scheduled last year. Uh, what we heard was that the commute times, the wait times uh, were significant with, uh, I think, over 300 students having to wait more than 90 minutes uh, for their bus rides last year. I'm a CPS parent. And two years ago, when my daughter started kindergarten, she didn't get bus service and we were offered $1,000 from the district. Last year, she didn't get bus service. We weren't offered anything. And then this year, we still weren't, at this point, we're not even expecting bus service. And we have moved, so we live um, six minutes away from school. So it's not an issue. But we were offered CTA this year. Um, What have you seen other districts do in terms of what they're offering parents? Yeah, we've seen uh, in some other districts, we've seen uh, some kind of creative carpooling options where they're essentially identifying uh, volunteer drivers, um, even to be able to take uh, uh, different kids uh, from, you know, mostly from the same school to be able to support them. Um, but we've also seen a lot of incentives going to bus drivers and other. I mean, this is a, a national issue, right? You've identified this as a, an urban issue, a suburban issue, a rural issue. Um, but we've seen better kind of quality of life options given to uh, bus drivers in other cities and other states um, that we've seen uh, so far in Chicago. We just heard from our, our education education reporter saying that background checks were an issue. Is that something you've seen nationally or even in other districts in Illinois? Uh, I've, I haven't seen as much about the background check issues as being, I mean, we know that Chicago had the challenges um, with the betrayal series in the Tribune about, and so I think the, the background checks have been ramped up by CPS over the last couple of years. Um, it's been mostly a compensation issue. Uh, and I know that in Chicago, they've uh, increased compensation at $20, $25 an hour. 
But the issue is, I mean, still a part-time job. Um, so you're, you're getting part-time benefits. Um, I know in the Not previous getting health insurance exactly. And as you spoke in the previous segment, where you've got you know maybe your first shift is from five to eight, your second shift is from one to four. It limits you. Um, I also think there's been a changing workforce as well, where typically was retirees before. Those folks have not come back since the pandemic. And so now you've got younger folks that are coming in working. And once they get that CDL and they can see they can get a better paying job um, or even a full-time job elsewhere once they achieve that CDL, they're not going to stay uh, doing school bus transportation. Yeah, my brother is a has been a – well, was a school bus driver for CPS uh, one of the the vendors and all of his colleagues were young. I didn't see anybody who looked retirement age, but they also weren't getting benefits. And so we've heard about, oh, here's some incentives to get more pay. But is driving a bus a sustainable way to earn a living? We've seen it at, at CTA as well. And, would, and I know that, you know, for the magnet and selective enrollment students who are not getting any bus transportation, only giving a free CTA pass, CTA struggled with uh, being able to recruit bus drivers. Um, and so I think it's a, it's a national issue. So I, I think how do you make the job more appealing? Um, you know, for folks that do want to work with kids and, you know, we know that the school day does not start when the bell rings at the school. The school day starts, you know, for some students when they get on that bus to see a warm face, a smiling face. If there's issues on the school bus, how the how the bus driver helps uh, ameliorate those issues is a big has a big impact on even the social emotional kind of learning of the students. Um, so how do you get people that are motivated to work with kids into those jobs? And I think it's a big question that no one has been able to uh, to address uh, holistically yet. Yeah, because it is a way to work with with kids. Bus drivers will decorate their bus for the holidays, um, and how they treat the children. I mean, this is the first person that your child could be seeing after they leave home. Exactly. But again, for folks that want to work with kids, there's a lot of full-time jobs available, um, right? And we know that even with the national teacher shortage, but paraprofessional positions, other school-based positions, um, with the COVID relief dollars, there's been an influx of money uh, to help support, you know, inclusion specialists, other kind of support interventionist specialists that don't require the same like certifications at teacher level. And so just folks that actually want to do bus driving, there's just not as much of an appetite for it. What do you think about the stipends and the venture cards? Is that a good approach? I think from parents that we've heard from, you know, I, I would be first I'd ask CPS, how much are you talking to the families that are being impacted by this? How much are decisions kind of being made at central office versus actually, you know, you're, you're kind of doing focus groups and surveys and other ways to assess what families actually want? I think the reduction of the stipend from 1000 to 500 is tough. I mean, think about a $500, $25 a day. If you're a parent taking a child to school, that's one ride then back home or to work, and at the end of the day doing the same. That's actually four rides. And so it gets down to about, what, $6 a ride, which is not – I mean, you can't really Uber anywhere in the city for less than $6 a ride. Um, and I think, you know, with Ventra and uh, with the Ventra cards, it's it's fine. Um, but I think that, you know, because of service reliability issues, because of safety concerns with Chicago Transit Authority, um, I think a lot of parents of younger students are not going to take that option. CPS has been hosting job fairs to hire more drivers. What else has the district been doing to help alleviate the issue? Um, One thing that they did earlier was uh, back in the spring, they did hire uh, a technology firm, a software company that I think helped with some of the routing uh, to improve. I think, you know, last year, again, they got 15,000 students supported far more than they're doing this year, but the wait, the, the commute times were much longer. And so I think using that software firm, they've been able to cut down the route times to, I think, 60 minutes or less, which is something that we heard a lot from parents last year. But then that means 
they're leaving a lot of kids without transportation, right? They're only focusing on their diverse learners, their student timber living situations. All the magnet selective enrollment school students are not getting uh, bus transportation. And then you also have preschool students and kindergarten students who have not been identified for STLS or for uh, getting transportation through their IEP. So they're going to come into the district. They're going to get assessed. They're going to get transportation as a benefit. And right now, it looks like all they have available is the $500 stipend. In a statement to WBEZ, a CPS spokesperson says, quote, while our intentional recruitment efforts have resulted in a slight uptick in the number of drivers for the coming school year, reducing route length has resulted in fewer students receiving transportation services for the upcoming year. What are your thoughts on that? I think that when many families enrolled in magnus level enrollment schools, they were promised transportation. They chose those schools because they were promised transportation. And so to now, you know, three years consecutively to kind of leave those families in a lurch, um, I think those are the types of things you spoke to. You know, you heard the parent in the previous segment who's now talking about transferring her child away from that school. And so I think I'm um, seeing that in the news where parents uh, and school communities of these magnet selective enrollment schools are concerned about the broadening impact of the declining enrollment that those schools might face if CPS is not able to essentially kind of adhere to the promise that they made when the students enrolled to being able to provide transportation. This is Reset. I'm Natalie Moore, in for Sasha Ann Simons. CPS was only able to fill half of their school bus driver positions for the school year that starts today. Other districts around the state and the nation are facing similar shortages. We're here with Chief Policy Officer at Kids for Chicago, Hal Woods, on the effect this is having on families and what can be done to improve the situation. Is it the right call to prioritize? I mean, some of it's bound by law, but working with families that have temporary living situations with IEPs? I think, you know, disproportionately the students that receive transportation in Chicago are our lowest income students, our highest need students. Um, they're the most reliant on school bus transportation, whether because of IEP, STLS as well. But I think, I mean, I think it's the right approach. I know they made that policy change last year. I think they should be doing more for magnet selective enrollment school students, um, particularly our lowest income students. Now, I know that they prioritize those students, but again, going to this year, those students are only getting the free Ventura card uh, with a parent companion pass as well. Um, you know, our magnet schools particularly, those were created because of the racial segregation of Chicago and some of our most diverse schools in the district. We don't have a lot of diverse schools in the district, but they're some of our most diverse schools in the district. And again, if you're going to see if this promise that was made when students enrolled in these schools to receive transportation, if that is not uh, delivered upon – then parents are going to pull away from those schools or we're going to see more probably segregation um, in terms of the school selection process moving forward. I have heard some parents question, will this widen segregation if there isn't bus service for for the selective enrollment in, in magnet schools? And the reason why transportation was offered to the students at those schools is because of civil rights, uh, you know, era legislation and, and, you know, kind of compelling CPS to provide that option to families so we didn't have kind of racial, racially uh, isolated schools throughout the district. I was one of those CPS kids who was bused to school under the DSEG uh, consent decree at the time. Um, another thing that I've noticed, and I don't know if if your organization has seen this or talking to parents, but there are a lot of independent bus transportation. I mean, they're not even, they're not school buses, they're, they're vans. At my daughter's back to school bash, there was a woman there passing out candy to kids with flyers. And even just driving around the South Side, I see a number of, of vans that are doing pickups and, and drop-offs. 
I think that's a, that could be an option that works for some uh, families, certainly. Um, I do think about, you know, those students, uh, particularly with kind of diverse learning needs where you've got your wheelchair-bound student, you've got other kind of medical issues, and you need, you know, at, at best, kind of like a paratransit-type vehicle to be able to get students in. But um, I think, you know, there are certainly opportunities for entrepreneurs uh, to kind of take, um, I don't want to say take advantage, but to be able to provide, so Maybe you know, for those magnet. Absolutely, yeah. Mag- but then know, I think, you know, then the district and I would say individual school communities have an obligation to help kind of match parents with those opportunities. That's what I was wondering. I I think that we are seeing an uptick and and we're going to continue to see an uptick. Is there an opportunity for CPS to partner or do any of that kind of matching? And there are, I would say yes, and I think there are some organizations nationally that are working with school districts to kind of provide, you know, parents that kind of option. Um, And so it would be great to see CPS participate because, as you noted, this shortage is not going to go away anytime soon. Can you talk about the conditions of being a school bus driver? We talked a little bit about how people might move on because of the lack of benefits if they get a CDL, but um, how attractive can driving a bus be? I think you, first and foremost, it requires someone who's motivated to work with students um, and, and is, is comfortable working with students as well. Um, I think you know the challenge is often what happens kind of in that kind of that middle gap um, of what you know between your first your AM shift and your PM shift. Um, what I would see, uh, what I've seen some school districts do actually is to be able to have those bus aides or those bus drivers get paraprofessional certification as well. So they could actually work their morning shift, be able to help support a school as a paraprofessional potentially for a portion of the school day, uh, and then be able to shift into their PM route as well. Um, so I think, you know, kind of taking a no, uh, you know, an all hands on deck approach to making that job more uh, appealing. That also comes with, you know, as people leave the profession, exit interviews, understanding, you know, what, what, you know, what, what is kind of motivating them to leave. Um, but I think, you know, between uh, increased pay uh, and improving kind of the quality of life opportunities um, for or the quality of kind of professional uh, experience opportunities for bus drivers could uh, help ameliorate uh, folks leaving the profession. Have you found that the bus shortage is affecting students from certain areas of the city more than others? I haven't seen that necessarily. Um, I would probably say, you know, preponderance of students, you probably could look at maybe some of the magnet schools and kind of see maybe where schools are being affected, students are being affected. But I mean, look, we know that if a kid is not getting to school because they don't have transportation or they're getting to school late or they're having to, I mean, last year having to leave early, if they're not in school, they're not learning. Um, And we know that, you know, particularly because of the pandemic, we've seen exacerbated opportunity gaps that have widened um, as a result uh, of the learning loss that has occurred. Um, and so, again, because transportation, of, uh, you know, typically is used by our highest needs, our lowest income students, those are the students that are uh, suffering the most of these challenges. We've been talking a lot about Chicago public schools, but this isn't unique to Chicago. What kind of challenges is this causing in other districts across not only Illinois, but in the country? Does it look the same as what we're seeing in Chicago or different? Um, what we've seen in a couple other cities and a couple other states is, and, and you alluded to this, I believe, in the previous segment, but is you know school year starting delayed, um, or schools even having to shift to uh, a four day uh, you know remote or, or model and maybe having to do one day of remote as a consequence. So you know certainly um, you know with over half of Chicago kind of eligible transportation students not receiving transportation, um, that's tough, but it hasn't affected the, the school year um, uh, to this point. Are you all in direct conversation with CPS? We typically, um, I mean, we do, we might work with, the, work with the administration directly, or we might work with individual parents to help them kind of game plan a solution um, for their own child's needs. Um, I think, you know, at this point, CPS, you know, it's the first day of school. There's only so much they can do to remedy this. But um, certainly, I think there's an opportunity to advocate um, for maybe potentially increasing those stipends that are going to parents that are in those situations or 
um, potentially even to offer that stipend to maintenance life enrollment schools, not just the, the CTA, the Venture Pass, but to actually offer a stipend to those families um, as well. Do you know why CPS waited so late to inform parents? Were they waiting for a Hail Mary of more bus drivers coming? My understanding is that, you know, when they reached out to parents and typically kind of the May time frame, asking for parents what their transportation decision was going to be over the uh, in, in the next school year, they didn't get a lot of responses. And so it t- they actually extended that deadline through the end of July. And so once they started running those kind of route simulations over the summer in July, based on the parents who indicated they were going to receive transportation, they essentially identified we can only support our STLS and diverse learners. We do not have enough drivers um, to be able to support our magnet selective enrollment school students. And where can people find out more about what Kids First Chicago does? We can go to our website at kidsfirstchicago.org. You can sign up for our newsletter, um, but it's a, or you can just reach out to us at info at kidsfirstchicago.org as well. Hal Woods is the Chief Policy Officer at Kids First Chicago. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me.